The internet's full of true crime podcasts. More and more are added to the list every day. Figuring out where to start or where to go next can be overwhelming. But have no fear, I'm here to help. I'm Bob Ruff, and this is the place to find your next true crime binge. By the way, uh, listeners, I'm I'm here uh, with Kristen and Mogab, um, which is the strangest first name I've ever heard. Um, which I'm told is Kristen's fault somehow. Uh, so so we're going to be talking about their podcast, True Crime Keepers. Um, Creepers. But when that when that clap that everybody just heard comes in handy is when like because sometimes we'll get on and we'll be chatting and like three people will be fixing their audio and it's like okay now everybody's rolling. And then the audio, like everybody's recording, started at a different time, <laughs> right. and then she could take those claps and like at least get close to where everybody's because they look different on the on the recording. Yeah, right. Yeah, so there's that little <laughs> spike in there. Yeah. So what the fuck, Mogab? <laughs> yeah. What's your deal? Okay, <laughs> what is my deal? Thank you for asking. Thank you so much. My deal is it's my last name, and in uh-huh. college. You don't really get to choose what people call you. You show up on the scene. Right. Decisions are made for you. I've been called that my whole life. My own family calls me that, and we all got the same last name. So I just try as I might. It it happened. And then I joined a sorority, and that's how everyone knows you. And it's catchy. It's quick. It's easy. It's unique. See, thought, I disagree. And this is why. Uh, <laughs> Now say let's say your last it's name. It's fine. Was... You're gonna get flamed for it, but it's okay. <laughs> let's say your last name was like Boone or even yeah. Rough, for example. Though that you know that just quick one syllable rolls off the I tongue. I know. I do love Rough. I think of all the things you could do with that. No, it's, it's so a good. Great. Right? There's so and great. people have done it all. Yeah. I but to I me, bet. like Mo mogab it's it's two syllables it's a it's a word i've never heard before much less a name it seems like an odd thing for people to take as that's it now you say you went to college so i had a similar experience but you say uh-huh. you went to college uh-huh. and when you got there they decided you were mogab i disagree yeah. uh, you yeah, were introduced so. you introduced yourself i to declare me shenanigans <laughs> <laughs> yes okay i guess maybe high school it kind of I was just having this conversation because my fiance's childhood home was shipped here. We were going through boxes. I found his Letterman jacket. We talked a lot about how Letterman jackets have your name on the back. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if that's where it started, but I, I really I can don't buy think high I school. Do it. Yeah. yeah. Also, did your did your fiance used to live in a tiny little house? <laughs> can we? If yeah. I say yes, will you believe me? And then can we just put that on yeah, the record. Yeah, they sh- they they shipped his house. <laughs> to your house. Yeah. Uh, well, his parents are retiring and they moved mm-hmm. and it was the only house. They raised all three kids. He lived there for 31 years. So a pod showed up here. Of, and listen, With the house inside. Sports. Yes. All his childhood in this box. Yeah. So. And they lived a in a shoe. Yeah. Is, it, is it shoe shaped house? Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so MoGap. Yeah. Getting back to your name, which is the most important part of this podcast. Yes. Uh, so, so let me let me give you my experience and why okay. I think that you're you why me. I think maybe you're full of shit about this college mogab thing. It would uh, be the first time, but go ahead. Yeah. So I grew up as Bobby. Everyone knew me as Bobby. Bobby oh, Ruff. Oh, 
That's what everyone knew me that. as. Okay. <laughs> right. And you can imagine when I get to be about 13 mm-hmm. and I'm like, stop calling me Bobby. That's awful. But but it didn't matter. That was stuck. That's that's my childhood name all through high school. Well, then I leave Michigan and I go to college in Colorado. Nobody knows me. Yeah. So they're like, what's your name? And so <laughs> I got to pick what my name was. Mm-hmm. And so I said, Robert. My name is Robert. Oh, that's so everybody... a big jump. Bobby to Robert? You didn't even stop in the middle. with Bo- It was, Mm-mm. you were like, this is it. Well, it's my moment. Bob Bob makes sense now. I'm a 43-year-old yeah. graying overweight man. That looks like a Bob. But it, it, with a, you know, an 18-year-old, Bob doesn't, you know, it seems too old. Yeah. So Robert seemed like, you know. So I go, so so everyone called me Robert. Then I moved back here years later. I became a fireman. Now, at that point, there's no Roberts or Trevors or Tanners or any of that mm-hmm. shit on a fire department. Yep. And so those those old guys, they're like, what's your name? I'm Robert. Okay, Bob, let's go. Or Ruff, yeah. they called me. So, so then, Yeah. Ruff's yeah, a great th- name. That makes sense. So, <laughs> so, so you went to college and you said, my name's Samantha. No. Samantha Mogab. And they're like, you know what sounds more fun to say and just rolls off the tongue better? Mogab. <laughs> okay, okay, but, but Bob, I left out important detail. I came to college with my best friend from high school, so that I didn't get oh. to like really reinvent myself. But I moved to Columbus, right. Ohio, uh-huh. from Texas, and I was like, no one knows me here. This is my time, and I was like, Samantha. But then you brought is. your 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 buddy with you. Now, see, now you know. I I apologize right. because now it's all now it's coming together. Uh, I can I can see how that would happen. Yeah, once so you I reinvented myself with... in my Columbus, Ohio experience, and that's where the struggle is now. Is like people are like, no, I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, <Right. laughs> makes total sense. Uh, there's a second part to this podcast. It's a much less interesting name. It's uh, uh, Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Kristen. Yes. What'd you go by in college? I went. Uh, there was uh, K. Willie. K-Dub, K-Dub a lot, because there were five Kristens in our sorority. So uh, mm-hmm. we quickly had to have our own unique identities. So <laughs> so you but were K-Dub. K-Dub. K-Dub and Mogab. I gave her that. Why does it, well, you, I well, gave you her ca- that. You, no, you gave me K-Willie. Oh. And we were not going to go. You're the only person that calls me that. <laughs> I, I'm still not trying anymore. to make that happen. <laughs> yeah, you are. Why is the podcast... So it, it seems to me, and we'll get into this, but it seems to me that Kristen's the driver of of making this podcast happen. Oh yeah, yeah. thank based God. On the, based <laughs> yes. on the copious notes that I have from Erica, uh, Bob, I so wanted nothing decide, to do with this. I wanted no part. Right. Still don't. I you, I you don't want to be here right now. I know. Right? I'm I'm just here so I don't get fined. Yeah. <laughs> right. So so Kristen decides. Mm-hmm. You're going to be Mogab on the podcast, and I'm going to be. Why isn't it Mogab and K Willie? Yeah, why um, not? Kristen? It's alphabetical order. <laughs> well, why isn't it K Willie and Mogab? Oh, because yeah. because really, people did not call me. They they called me Kada very sporadically. It was clearly a nickname. Mogab was her name. Like nobody called her anything but Mogab. She was Mo. Like that was her identity. And then she moves off to Columbus, Bob, and starts pulling this Samantha crap. And I'm like, not about it. So. <laughs> yeah, not, she'll, not happening. She'll always and be looking up to me. Do you know how unfair it is, too? Like, Kristen Williams, there's thousands of them. Oh, I mean, there's a Facebook group. Right. I was in a Facebook group called My Name is Kristen Williams. There was like 
500 of so us. So <laughs> when she goes off the rails and says whatever she wants and someone wants to, you know, talk about her on the internet. Yeah, try Googling me. You cannot. Yeah. There's one Samantha Mogab. That's it. That's it. How, how off the rails is she when she's spending her time in a Facebook group called My Name is Kristen Williams? You got a point. I mean, you got a point. <laughs> she sounds like she's really. Um, <laughs> do you know what other Facebook group I spend a lot of time in? Bob oh, no. Ruff. The Truth and What's Justice that? discussion group. That's the wrong one. That's <laughs> no, the good one. Isn't that the one where everybody hates one. me? No, it's the good no, one. Oh. <laughs> it's not the bad one where everybody hates there's you. A, there's a bad Screw one? Them. Yes, oh, there's there a few. is. But Bob, I just have to tell you, I have been such a fan of yours for like five years. This is really exciting for me <laughs> to be here today. Well, well, I appreciate that. Where were you the first two years? Um, What do you mean? <laughs> Well, oh, you said for five okay. years. I was. Like, I got into you. Like, I got into you fuck? during season two. So I was looking okay. for stuff on cereal. Found the first one. You blew my mm-hmm. mind. I've actually used you as a source because we covered that case. And so, like half the things I said was like Bob Ruff says blah blah blah. Uh, <laughs> um, but I was there, like step by step through the entire Ed Eights case, like. From beginning to end, like since he was Ed Atez, I think is what you Ed. you called him right. at the beginning, <laughs> and that was probably the coolest experience I've had, like with in the true crime podcasting community, like being there from when you were just stumbling into his story to he's out of prison was very exciting, and I'm sorry for everybody was that a- wasn't a part of that. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it was. It I agree. It was. I mean, it was an amazing journey, obviously, for me too. And you'd think, Mogab, but a fellow that has a story like that wouldn't have a group with <laughs> with like thousands of people in it just to hate me. But I do. Yeah, I. I, yeah, I didn't even no. know who you were. I'm in the good one. I'm I mean, in the good one. That, that's hurtful. That hurts a little. No, I mean, but that's that's the whole thing. I yeah. I literally can't know. I'm, that's, She's that's, the true crime newbie. That was like that the thing. whole podcast started because uh, I was telling her actually about the case I'm going to tell you today. It ended up being our very first episode, and I was telling her about it, and she said you should start a podcast. And I'd been wanting to start a podcast for like five years, and mm-hmm. um. I said, I, I swear, Bob, that I heard her say, we should start a podcast. Well, I swear she lie. said we. Yeah. But um, so I said, you'll do it with me? <laughs> she said, okay. <laughs> no, no. She, she, said, she said no. She said, uh, I guess. <laughs> I said no several times before that. You never said no. You said, I the guess. version. <laughs> Sounds like Kristen's kind of a bully. Yeah, well, Fucking you know. Really. Jeez. Look, I but knew she'd fine. be perfect. She can be. She can I, be a bully because her I last knew, name's Williams. <laughs> I knew she'd be perfect for it, Bob, and she is. Yeah, well, it's a it's a cool concept because because uh, your whole shtick, Mogab, is that you don't know anything. Correct. Right. Like you just I don't. like like it's you a you come in and, and we listen to Kristen tell you a story. Yep. Yes. And then you react to it. Yeah. Which is brilliant. Thank you. And yeah. super easy for you. <laughs> yes. Very low, low, uh, less, what is it? Low risk. No, it's high risk. High reward. Whatever. I don't have to do a lot of work, <laughs> but it's high risk. <laughs> you fumbling through that sentence makes me wonder what you do for a living. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we should. So what do you do for a living? <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, we shouldn't get that. I am a professional sorority woman. I work for my sororities. International headquarters. Oh, what does that mean? 
That means I work with women on the alumni membership experience and lifetime engagement, alumni dues, all of that fun stuff. Um, so the sorority that I'm Kristen pretty sure and I you're in. saying alumni wrong. No, oh, she'll fight not. you on that, and I will take you to the grave, Bob Ruff. Alumni for a men's organization, mm-hmm. alumni for women. Really? Yeah, but you didn't know. I disagree. Well, I disagree. you know, it seems like you and I are really getting off to a great start. Here. Right. Here, here's here's how we settle this. There's one right answer to this question. There's no mm-hmm. way it wasn't going to come up. Are you ready? I'm ready. Pancakes or waffles? <laughs> waffles, obviously. Oh, thank God. Great, you passed. That's all I care about. Yeah, so we're because, best friends. Be- because before she was a professional sorority woman, Mogab, what did you do for 10 years? <laughs> I worked at the Waffle House, and that has become a whole part of our personal brand on the podcast. So okay. we have a <laughs> lot of Waffle House content. And our, our Facebook discussion to... group is basically Waffle House Facebook yeah. discussion. <laughs> Listen, I'm about to, I'm about to j- piss you off again. Um, because... Uh, Waffle House, not my favorite waffles. I got to be honest with you. Oh. What the hell's wrong with their waffles? <laughs> well, oh, I'm sorry. Where? What is your? Who's your preferred waffle vendor? <laughs> you, you know, just your mom, pop, little, uh, little greasy spoon that's got like the, you know, Bob, like the malted. There is crispy no greasier waffles. spoon. <laughs> I can assure you, there is no greasier. Oh, I've spoon. <laughs> listen. I've never not had diarrhea after I I ate the Waffle House. But they're why the 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 waffles are um uh by the way not a sponsor uh, of but please please do the the waffle the waffles are like are like are like they're like cake they they don't taste like a waffle like the blueberry waffle is like a is like a a cake and a waffle iron. Yeah, I mean, you can't go with the added, listen, that's all new school. You got to go to the, the OG or the pecan. Those are the only originals. Oh, oh so the blueberry. the blueberry, that's that's my problem. Yeah, that I didn't go with the OG. Yeah. 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 Okay, well, hey, may I give another try? Maybe I give, yeah. I've always tried the blueberry ones. I forget. I only go to a Waffle House once every several years. I'll stumble into one when I'm, like, remotely working on a case somewhere. And I'm like, oh. And I forget every I'm like, ooh. Blueberry waffle sounds delicious. <laughs> that sounds fucking amazing. That's where you want. And then I get it, and then I remembered how much I dislike the Waffle House's blueberry waffles. Mm-hmm. Was the case you're typically working on occurring at the Waffle House in the moment? Because... Most of, I have a whole series of Waffle House murders. What the heck? I, I, I thought, first of all, I thought that would get a laugh. It didn't. Um, <laughs> Which is because embarrassing. That, because, but, believable. because we're like, are you but joking then, or no? Because it could yeah, be think, real. <laughs> that's believable. Yeah. Well, then right after I said it, I thought, I bet there, I bet you could do. There's a Burger Chef murder thing, right? You could do. There's probably. Yeah, I, we've done an episode on houses. crimes that happen at a Waffle House for our. Yeah, Patreon. I know about yeah. like three of them personally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and and I'm thinking back to I can think of at least two cases where a Waffle House was involved, like. The guy, you know, the police were sitting at the Waffle House when the yeah. perpetrator drove by. Yeah. You must give him a discount because otherwise, why would they be sitting there eating those shitty blueberry waffles? Yeah. Me too. But <laughs> we, big, like, I so, still work there. <laughs> what did you do at the Waffle House that led you into your sorority job? What did you not do at the Waffle House? It's one job. You do it all. You cook, you clean, you wait you tables. smell like onion rings. I mean, it's like the, you do the whole thing. 
Uh, so okay, so I thought you were like in some like like regional manager <laughs> of Southwest waffle. So you just you just made the shitty blueberry waffles. Yeah, like that's what that was and your then job. I you made your waffles. dirty ass plate. Too. <laughs> right, and then took my money, and then you took my money. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. Okay, so and you better um, tip you moved me. up in the world. <laughs> Yeah, I did. Well, I always tip the weight. I always tip well at the waffle because I feel like, like God, to have to serve such shitty blueberry waffles <laughs> day in and day out and have such upset customers, it's got to be a hard job. So I I'm tip a little extra. I'm going to need you to go back. Usually. I'm going to need you to try a regular waffle and report back. Absolutely. And be honest. Just, oh, just, just a regular. Just a standard? Yeah. Just Look, this. Down. let me tell you what I'm looking for in a waffle. I'm looking okay. for crispy on the outside, kind of fluffy on the inside. Is that a Waffle House waffle I'm describing? Because it sure as fuck isn't the blueberry one. No, but that's a Belgian waffle, Robert. That, well, not obviously. a regular waffle. Yeah. Well, that's, well, that's different. So the, they, don't, <laughs> they don't make a Belgian waffle at the Waffle House? No. America's It's not even an option? Food. You got one kind of waffle? <laughs> one kind. You got, don't ever complicate literally it. in your name. You, you would think going into a Waffle House... Listen, this is, we may have to do a side this is discussion right. on this so later. Sorry. Just like, we're solid 15 minutes in I and know. we're still on the Waffle House. Um, but uh, yeah, just, you know, do better Waffle House. Okay. Uh, All right. Fine. Is that not what we're supposed to talk about today? <laughs> I thought it's my notes just say Waffle House written really big letters all the way across it. Um, <laughs> so glad about that. Kristen, um, uh, you, you – so wait. So are you in Columbus now, Mogab? No, I'm not. Gave that Or you're up. in Texas. No. Keep guessing. <laughs> I'm in the Commonwealth America. of Kentucky. In Kentucky. I'm going to drive through there next week. <gasps> oh, my gosh. We should get Waffle week. House. <laughs> I should stop at a waffle. House. You know what? Because they don't have them around here in Michigan. I don't know if they have them up north and just not by me, but they're. No, not I always really. find them down south. Yeah, yeah. But I bet you through Kentucky and Nashville, I can find a Waffle House. Yes. The, the trick is going to be my wife thinks she's bougie, and if I'm like, let's go to a Waffle House, she's going to be like, oh, do they have gluten free <laughs> waffles and and yeah. veggie platters? Don't and, order and a salad there. They don't. <laughs> No, I, I wouldn't. But I'll I'll see if I can talk her into checking out. I you know what? I'm I'm meeting my dad down there and you know who will go check out a Waffle House? Your dad. I I sort of buried the lead there. Yeah, it's my dad <laughs> is the one that would for sure go. I went yeah. to a shitty place for breakfast with him this morning. That's kind of our thing. Every Friday we yeah, go to a shitty would. place and have breakfast. That's part mm-hmm. of the whole brand. Are you going yeah. to Louisville yeah. or Lexington or can you tell us? I'm just well, I'll drive right through Louisville. Louisville. Louisville? Ooh, Louisville. Say it like you got something Lava. in your mouth. Whoa. <laughs> Lava. Okay, hit me up. Lava. Hit me up. We'll have waffles. I almost said tacos. I'll cruise through. On my way to Nashville, I always drive through Louisville, and there's like a yes. big baseball stadium I always see, and I'm like, that looks like a nice baseball stadium. Yes, Louisville Sluggers. And, yeah. And then I just keep on just driving. keep on going. <laughs> don't don't even through. think about us, little people. To Nashville. So here's the thing is, like, Erica fucked up. She said that you're oh, from what? Texas, and now she's ruined the whole show. Well, um, I am she says you're engaged. from Texas. Yes, you're from Texas. It's, it literally says lives in Texas. God, See? I wish that's so because that's not, not Erica's fault. fault. That's Ooh, all I nobody claim. Says that. That's not Erica's fault. Oh, that's you- all I claim is Texas. Like ride or die all day. She has a waffle she, iron she- in the shape of Texas. 
She has two, actually. <laughs> is it a Belgian waffle iron or, <laughs> that or one a is, shitty yeah, waffle, actually. waffle iron? It's a, it's yeah. a Texas-Belgian <laughs> waffle iron. Two versions. Gotcha. Uh, you already said you're engaged, and yes. uh, Erica says you have a dog. Is that still accurate? God, I the best dog. Yes, thank you for asking. The best. Oh. I, what I I make it. What's what dog is it? What kind of dog? Well, his he's a golden chow mix, is what we say. He's got a fully black tongue. He's like part chow chow. He's like we did a DNA best. test on the show, and it did not come back the way we expected. So we yeah. just <laughs> claimed golden. Did you chow. find out he was Scottish? <laughs> Like a boxer, I a mean, he looks yeah. like a golden retriever. He's usually right outside the door here, leaning up against it. Mm-hmm. But it says like boxer Doberman. I mean, like this is a long-haired dog. It's not any of those things. So they obviously dropped the swab on the concrete outside <laughs> before they tested it. Is our guess? Yes. Yeah, I think that's enough dog talk, uh, Kristen. <laughs> as though I wasn't the one that brought it. Up. We could go on and on, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly. Well. Well, Kristen, I, I am told, is a cat person and has two cats named Effie and Trinket. I do, and they're so accurate. cute. Yes, that is accurate. Good job, Erica. <laughs> <laughs> we love Erica. You know, here. we had last night, I'm sitting out in my office and I get a text from my. Now, we live out in the country. And yesterday, for the last two days, I on my way out from the house to the office, my commute to work, it's about 60 feet. And <laughs> there was a cat outside. Which I, I will never have another cat as long as I live. Uh, <laughs> but I still, I'm an animal lover. So I was like, oh, it's what a cute, it's like a kitten. What a cute little cat. Yeah. And I got down and I was, and I like knelt down, didn't invade its space. It's kind of feral, you know, it's 15 feet away from me. And I said, kitty, 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 kitty. And the cat went. <laughs> yes. It That's fucking hissed at me. cat, Yes. <laughs> From 15 feet away, I wasn't anywhere near it. I wasn't even, I was just seeing if it wanted to come to me, as you do when you meet a strange animal. It was an asshole, and it it, it hissed at me. And so I said, fuck you, cat, and I came to work. And then last night, at like 10 o'clock, my wife is texting me. She's like, there's a kitten in our garage. And I said, that's how my wife's texts sound. She said, there's a kitten in our garage. And I said, leave that fucking cat alone. And she's like, I gave it some ham. I'm like, god damn it. Why are you giving it some ham? She gave it sliced ham, and then she's like, "Oh yeah," and it bit me, and I'm bleeding. Oh and, no! Which oh, is that's no. bad with a yeah. with a cat bite. Yeah, yeah. luckily seems to be taken care out. of. Like, yeah, poured peroxide on it, stuff. No signs of infection, so I think she's okay with that. But that's how much of an asshole this is. It bit her in the hand <laughs> after some while ham? she was feeding it ham. She's the feeding cat must it be ham. So and it scared. Bit her oh, what's it got thing. to be afraid of? It's out in the great outdoors. <laughs> You know what it could be? <laughs> we just spent a bunch of money on landscaping and there's all this stuff to like keep the weeds from coming up. And my house is surrounded by these little chipmunk looking gophers <gasps> that keep burrowing holes in it and letting weeds out. Eat those. If you keep feeding it ham, it's not gonna eat the gophers. Right, right. Wait. Right. This I just have to say this. <laughs> Chipmunks, I never saw them until I moved to Columbus, like we don't have this mm-hmm. in Texas. And when I saw one, I asked, "What is that?" And someone said a chipmunk. And I thought that chipmunks were like a made-up, like you know, Alvin and the Chipmunks. Like I didn't know those existed. <laughs> like I thought it was like a made-up animal. Right. I wonder why it took you so long to get out of the Waffle House. <laughs> <laughs> 
there. I know. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just wondering. I just, for some reason, that just popped. <laughs> Did it just uh, click popped, for you? Good. <laughs> yeah, it just popped yeah. into my head. Uh, but the thing is that what I have going on at my house, they're fake chipmunks. Like we were just – we just did a family vacation to Montana and we're up in the mountains and there's chipmunk chipmunks, the little adorable little things. Yeah. And they're used to people like at the state – the national parks and they'll eat a peanut out of your hands and they're cute little suckers. These are little fucking gophers that make tunnels and holes underneath all my landscaping. Oh, no. But they look like a chipmunk so that you think they're like cute but they're not. They're assholes. <laughs> and if that asshole cat didn't have a belly full of ham, then maybe he'd get rid of some of these gophers. Right. Listen, that cat's not on your agenda. Does your front yard, Bob, just look like the scene from Caddyshack? Like a little gopher Yeah, just. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Asshole. Stupid gophers. <laughs> anyway, so Effie and Trinket, your lovely little cats. Yes. I've had them a year. They are uh, Menaces. They're menaces. <laughs> I really got them because I'm just Are they not... siblings? They are. They are. They're litter mates and they look mm-hmm. copy paste. Like they look exactly the same, but backwards. So. Only I can tell them apart. <laughs> Wait, they look the same but backwards? Yeah, like opposite. Like their markings are like the, the Oh, opposite. gotcha. Like so like mm-hmm. mirror image, I think yes, is what you were looking yeah, for. There. Yes, that's it. As Thank though they you. were staring into into a mirror. <laughs> Correct. Um it, it, and so you uh the most well the most important thing I see in here is that you were you're a huge fan of me. Yes. Of course. Um, I am, that's accurate. Which is the yeah, and uh, and that's it. It's just you're a huge fan of me, and you have two cats. Those are the most important points, Bob. My cats and you. That's the big parts yeah. of my life. Right. I love this. This is great. <laughs> what are you? Where are you? Are you in a bedroom? Look, Bob. Okay, burn. Yikes. I bought this house. <laughs> I bought this house two years ago. This is uh-huh. the. This is. I haven't unpacked yet. <laughs> Look, Bob. Listen, listen. I cleaned up a little bit for you too. <laughs> This, this is a spare bedroom. Wait a minute. Does it, people, the <laughs> listeners can't see what I see. When you say cleaned up, you cleaned up like my kids. I can see, you know, I can see the pile behind you. It's covered. Where it appears you took. Can you tell that I covered yeah. the pile with the <laughs> Yes. Obviously. It looks like you threw a bunch of shit on the couch. No, it was that already was on there. The floor it was already and, there. The stuff was already on the and couch. And you just threw a comforter over it. And you didn't okay. like neatly tuck it so it looked like it was supposed to I be didn't. there. You're just like, no one will see I this. Did, I did do that. I did That's do that. That's so stressful um, for me. That's uh, <laughs> the way I live my life. Look, okay, this is a spare bedroom. I have a built-in bed over here and then a like day bed over here. I recently got a new roommate and I needed to clean out the closet in the in her room for her. Uh-huh. And so all of that ended up in in here and I'm supposed to be going through it. This is stuff that I'm going to be either selling or putting away. And neither of those things have happened yet. So this is where we're at. Right now, <laughs> okay. It, just re- and I've I've got a hard out in like seventeen minutes. We got to get into this case, but I'm just I'm, I'm, I'm I just looked at the clock. This is the fucking Waffle House thing. I didn't have I, oh, that. That was my last it, name, Bob. Yeah, right. Uh, but so you, your roommate doesn't live in your room. No, she lives in the guest room. Well, it's her room now. <laughs> her, right. That's her but I have two room. guests. I have, it's a three bedroom. So she lives in one of the guest rooms. This is the other guest she, room. The, and then, and then I also have a bedroom. So you're in a guest room. Yes. Okay. I was, but my, I was wondering why you have two beds in your yeah, room. Well, they had this built in bed here and then I had the uh-huh. day bed and I just like this piece of furniture. I probably should have just sold it and not moved it in here, but it looks real nice. It would, Bob is, you know, it you, would, <laughs> it does. Bob is over here like some freshman <laughs> dorm shit right here. 
It's what it looks like. There's two beds in the frame. Yeah. I can see one on each side yeah. of her. One of them's covered up with a bunch of shit. <laughs> uh, that's yeah, really... that's amazing. That's basically yeah. it. Um, okay, okay, so so, so let's, let's get to the business, well, I guess. Uh, all right. <laughs> No, so so I I do want to talk about your podcast. So it's true true crime keepers, true crime creepers. That's what I said. True crime yes. creepers, and <laughs> you, Kristen, are the true crime creeper. You're a fanatic. You love true crime. Yep. You convinced poor Mogab to join <laughs> to you to come every week and listen to a, a horrible story. Yes. Was it now? Once again, and I and I'm, my listeners are probably sick of me asking this, but it's like every other, every three out of four podcasts started in 2020. <laughs> Were you like like in the heart of the pandemic and and had nothing else to do to when you started the podcast? No, I was, was back. It was like October 2020, so I was back at work. I'm a teacher, and we were like back at work. It was almost. It was really actually a terrible time because I'm like virtual teaching plus teaching in person. Like, I guess I needed uh-huh. something else to focus on though, and uh, it really did help with that because it was a tough time. <laughs> and this kind of gave right. me something to like look forward to doing. Some, you know, it was good. That's awesome, and 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 you were able to convince. Samantha Mo- Mogab. <laughs> yeah, ew, I, well, it says Samantha on I my know. screen, and you want me to call you this silly name? Uh, <laughs> Mogab. <laughs> but you convinced her to to join yep. you in the in the podcast. That's it. Uh, and and now have now you release every Thursday? Uh-huh, yes. Have you been? Have you guys been doing that right from the beginning, or did you have like? Like the the classic new podcast, like you do it a little bit, think this is too much, maybe I'm not going to do it, and then get back into it. No, I did so much. I've been listening to like this, like our format, two female co-hosts, you know, True Crime Forever. It's like I've done so much research mm-hmm. on it. I knew exactly what we wanted to do. We have decided that we will take breaks throughout the year just so that we avoid the burnout. So we took a big, long break right. in June, came back in July. And we'll do that again at the Christmas time. But otherwise, it's every Thursday unless, you know, something unexpected happens. So I get it. I took a I took a break from one of my podcasts in 2017 um, and I'll be getting back to it soon. Oh, awesome. Get it. I think I lost you for a second. You guys, you guys are the worst. Sorry. I, just, I lost you wait for a second. second. You cut out. You cut out. You cut out. So that was not on us. Oh. <laughs> Did we just like oh, miss another the, joke? Like, God damn Zoom, Zoom ruined your punchline. <laughs> oh. Uh, I wouldn't have well, laughed anyway. It's, it's <laughs> you know how much less funny it is when I because the thing is it didn't cut out for the people listening to this, so they just heard me say it to to fucking crickets. <laughs> I know. Cut it, we had us laughing later. No, <laughs> that's what I, yeah, I'm I'm that's gonna, what I do. <laughs> I'm not going to repeat it. You have to listen. You got to download the podcast when it oh. airs and listen Obviously, to it. I will be doing uh, that the second it drops. You don't, you, Mo Gab's the kind of lady that wants to hear <laughs> what she sounds like. You really hear how she came off when she, li- she listens back to it yeah. and she won't tell you. No, she's the op. She doesn't like, she does not. I'm the one that's like obsessive about that's, it. <laughs> that's what she tells me. No, I can't. <laughs> yeah. I can't do yeah. it. My voice is terrible. It, everybody thinks, everybody there thinks is. their voice I know, is terrible. but like, you know. Yours, yours is the only fucking voice. That, <laughs> like I was like, like you got it right, and every other one, you know? <laughs> like God really took his time with my voice. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so, all right, so you've been going pretty strong for about two years. Mm-hmm. Thursdays, true crime cre- keep creepers, and we're going to talk today about a case that you covered in your very first episode, episode one. 
covered the Richard Glossop case. Yes. And I know Mogab is not the one that's going to explain the case to me. <laughs> no. Uh, so we'll see if, how much Christy, she remembers it of it. Out, yeah, it I'm going to need a refresher. So. <laughs> nice. It's nice to see that you did, that you brushed up before you came oh, on yeah. the show. <laughs> I can't. That, I can't no. remember it, you know? I know. I t- I'm just like, you'll you'll just be like, oh, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> um, this is a case that I'm really excited to talk about. It's a case that's very near and dear to my heart. Um, and this is the case of Richard Glossop. He is currently on death row in Oklahoma with an execution date set for September 22nd, 2022. And I don't know when this is going to drop, but it, that is like two months from today that we're recording. Um, mm-hmm. This story really starts with the murder of Barry Van Treese. He was the owner of these three really rundown motels around Oklahoma that were called the Best Budget Inn. And oh. as <laughs> they were very... There's a Waffle House right <laughs> next. I yeah. guarantee you there was a Waffle House in the parking lot. You know and what a- actually? Club. Do you know what actually was in the parking <laughs> lot at the Oklahoma City location was a strip club. So you're not far off. But okay, um, a lot of shady stuff went down there. Drug activity, sex work, all that kind of stuff. Um, Richard Glossop was the manager of that motel, and he made about fifteen hundred a month working there. He had room and board in an apartment behind the motel where he lived with his girlfriend Deanna, and he'd been managing the motel there for about two years. He'd often, you know, received bonuses for meeting and exceeding expectations. Barry was a pretty hands-off owner. He'd stop by the motel a couple times a month to check out the property and pay his staff and that kind of thing. But mostly, Richard was responsible for the day-to-day operations. So on the night of January 6th, 1997, Barry stopped by the Oklahoma City Motel around 6 p.m., and he took care of some things that he needed to do. Uh, He was there for a couple of hours. Richard had given him about $3,000 in cash that he had um, gotten out of the drawers when he closed him down that night at the motel. It was the most- Business motel, right? If you couldn't tell, right? <laughs> it was like cash by the hour type. Yeah. Of yes. All right. Okay. Barry would end up putting the cash under the driver's seat of his car, and this wasn't unusual for him. He kind of he had a bunch of money in the trunk too. Uh, the maintenance man at the motel was a 19 year old named Justin Sneed, who had been there for about three months at this time. He dropped out of school in the eighth grade, and he now worked with a roofing crew on occasion, and he did handyman repair work and stuff at, for the motel. By the time he was 19, by this time, he'd already had several violent acts on his arrest record, and we now know that he had a very severe addiction to meth. Like, he was eating it at this point, injecting it straight into his veins. It was really bad. Can you eat meth? I don't know, and I didn't Google it, but that's what it said in the report, so. But he ate Yes. He was, yeah, it said he was eating it. Around 4 a.m., Justin Sneed showed up at Glossop's apartment behind the motel with a black eye banging on the door. He told Richard, uh, he told Richard Glossop that a window had been blown out in room 102 because some drunks had been fighting in there. And Glossop told him, you know, you're the maintenance man, go fix the window. So Glossop then asked Sneed what happened to his eye. Why did he have a black eye? And according to Glossop, Sneed turned to him and said, oh, I killed Barry. Glossop, yeah, Glossop said that Sneed was a really odd guy, and he'd told really wild stories before, so he thought this was his idea of a joke. He kind of looked out into the parking lot to see if Barry's car was there, and, and it wasn't there, so he just thought mm-hmm. he it was a joke, and he didn't take him seriously. The next morning, Glossop realized that Sneed's idea of fixing the window was to like hang a shower curtain over it from the outside, 
So around 8.30 that morning, he and Justin Sneed put, uh, covered the window with plexiglass until they could get the window repaired. But the curtains were drawn in the room, and so he couldn't see in the room at all. That's the part that tripped me up before, but Mm -hmm. I do think you can repair a window from the outside. Well, they weren't repairing it. They were just covering the window with the plexiglass. Right. So I remember thinking before, like, how do you not see into a room? Right. But I think that you could. I think you could do that. Yeah. So Glossop left work early that afternoon to run some errands, including buying his girlfriend an engagement ring, which would end up being terrible timing. The police would later use that as evidence that he had used money stolen from Barry. But the ring only cost $100. So everybody calm down. (laughs) It's a Waffle House ring. (laughs) Right. Well, we would never. (laughs) So people start to notice that Barry's missing. Police arrive at the hotel. And Cliff Everhart, this guy who's a bounty hunter slash security guard, came with them. And around 10 p.m. that night... He and a police officer, so Everhart and a police officer, went to search room 102, and they found a very grisly scene. Barry's body was in there, covered in blood. The walls were covered in blood, the floors, the bed. The scene showed that Barry really put up one hell of a fight, but he was overpowered. The head detective on this case was named Bob Bemo, and he's nearly as infuriating to me as, like, he's, like, Ritz and McGillivary level infuriating. I'm sorry. (laughs) Bemo interviewed a few witnesses on the scene, and several people brought up Justin Sneed as a possible suspect. But by the time Barry's body was found, Sneed was gone. He'd fled the scene. He'd disappeared. So now Bemo sets his sights on the manager of the motel, Richard Glossop, after Cliff Everhart, the bounty hunter slash security guard, kind of pointed his finger at Richard He'd grown increasingly suspicious of him, saying that he had given several inconsistent statements. But the uh, main inconsistency that was used against him was that a couple people said that Glossop had told them he'd seen Barry that morning at seven, but he told police he'd last seen him the night before. And Richard says that he had told everybody that he'd last seen Barry Van Treese at 730 the night before. And people were just mixing up a.m. and p.m. And so this really wasn't the inconsistency that it was made out to be. But Bimo was convinced that he was involved. So he brought him in for an interrogation and had a really bad impression of him in this interrogation, thought he was very arrogant. Uh, he, He said he had a very cocky attitude and like a very you'll never catch me kind of a thing. But really, it's just him saying, I didn't do this. And Bimo is just getting really pissed off. By this time, Justin Sneed's fingerprints had been found all over room 102. Later, his DNA would come back on money stolen from Barry's car. They knew that Sneed had committed the actual murder. They were still out looking for him, but that didn't stop them from continuing their investigation of Glossop. BMO told him, you know, if Justin Sneed brings your name up in this thing, you're going down for first degree murder. Oh, this makes me so mad. I know. And, um... During a second interrogation, uh, Glossop's story does have one pretty significant change. This time he tells them about when Sneed came to his door and told him that he'd killed Barry. And he Uh says now that he was planning on telling them earlier, but um, then BMO started accusing him of committing the murder. And so he just really didn't want to tell them anything. And the police were just really suspicious about why it had taken him so long to tell them this. So... On January 14th, a week after the murder, 
Police finally managed to track Justin Sneed down and they brought him in. And the first thing he asks when he's being interrogated is what's the maximum sentence for murder one, which is what he was being charged with. And they tell him the death penalty. And he says he was afraid of that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I'm going to. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump us ahead a little bit because I do have to to run here in four minutes and I wasted a lot of time with uh, MoGab and, and Waffle Talk. Okay, and I don't want to give away your whole first episode. <laughs> I'll sum so, it up so- a little bit in four minutes. So basically, the only evidence they have against him is Justin Sneed says that he did it after the police gave uh-huh. him Richard's name. He never brought up Richard's name until the police gave it to him. And $1,700 that they can't actually connect to the money that was missing from uh, Barry's car. But they said that that was the money. And that's all. That's all the evidence they have. He's on death row. Right. He's going to be executed on September 22nd oh. unless something happens and it it stops. Well, and he was he went through because he was convicted. Mm-hmm. He's appealed to death. Like so many times. The conviction was, well, the conviction was overturned uh-huh. once. Yep. And then was tried again and convicted again, and the appeals have been denied. He was going to be executed a while back, right? Yeah, he was going to be executed oh, three times. Uh, he spent three last me has had three last meals, three nights that he thought were his last. The last execution mm-hmm. was in 2015, and they halted all executions. Like the day of his execution, they decided yeah, to, to halt all executions because. They had botched two uh, injections, and so they needed to figure out what was wrong. But they something was wrong with the drug. Yeah, they announced in February of 2020 that they're resuming executions, and he's basically first on the list. And so there are legislators legislators in Oklahoma that um, have come together, like a group of 30 of them that are all like they have a 340 page report on why he's innocent. And so mm-hmm. I just can't believe that he's going to actually die this time. I just don't think that he, I think he's going to get live through a fourth execution date, but it's very scary. And I'm very sad about it because it's just, um, He's innocent. And what are <laughs> they we don't doing have any at proof. that point? What <laughs> like, are we doing at that point? Four uh, of them? Like, what yeah. are we doing, y'all? You know? I know. Yeah, and and uh, it, it's a, it's an it, the the case is even more complex than that. You can get that on episode one of True Crime Keepers. That's the name of the podcast. Their names are Kristen and Mogab. Check out True Crime Keepers. It could be your next big true crime binge. Ladies, thank you so much for joining. Thank me. you so much. Oh, thanks. True Crime Binge is an NBI Studios production and is distributed by Audioboom. Produced and edited by Mike Bussing. Music and artwork by Shane Yoder of PutThemInASong.com. Our website, TrueCrimeBinge.com, was created by Katie Ross of CreatedInTandem.com. If you're a listener and would like to recommend a future guest or a podcaster that would like to request an interview, you can do so right on our website. And again, that web address is TrueCrimeBinge.com. If you're enjoying the show, please do me a huge favor and take a minute to rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you're using to listen. And make sure you give us a follow on social media. We can be found everywhere at True Crime Binge. Thank you so much for listening and make sure you tune in next Wednesday morning for another podcaster, another case, and another True Crime Binge.